As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Tribune Audio Network. Five months ago, to, to have a conversation like this, I probably wouldn't be able to breathe. Yeah. So you get on that side where you think, I had him in my life. I had that love and that relationship and that shoulder and those, you know, the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> Not to be cliche, because I can hear him saying like, oh, sweetie. From the Fox 6 studios, this is definitely Milwaukee. Conversations with the movers and shakers that put our slice of Wisconsin on the map in the worlds of entertainment, business, sports, and more. I'm Carl Deffenbaugh. A lifelong love affair with Milwaukee. Beth Weirich is the CEO of Milwaukee Downtown, the organization behind Downtown Dining Week, the Holiday Lights Festival, and so much more. And every time I talk with her, the thing that shines through is a passion and a belief in all that Milwaukee has to offer. My kids grew up calling downtown my kingdom, so please don't think me elitist. (laughs) But in their mind, it was like, you know, they they saw their mother as this person who took ownership of this of this community and was very protective. We touch on all sorts of topics in this chat, from the dramatic changes she's seen in more than two decades on the job, to what's turned downtown into such an enticing place not just to work, but to live, plus her favorite spots for a drink or a meal, and even a conversation about loss and how you stay positive in the wake of personal tragedy. Most of all, after listening to this, good luck not getting excited about where the city can go from here. Beth Weirich, thank you very much for joining us here on uh, on this podcast that we are trying for the station. It's wonderful to have you. It's great to be here. It's always great to spend time with you. One of the reasons I wanted you to be uh, one of our first episodes that we did here is because in our interactions, getting to interview you over the years here and in my other role as the roving reporter, um, your love for this city just, just shines through. I think in all the interviews we do, obviously it's both your job, but then I think something that you're very passionate about as well. Has that always been the case growing up? Has that always been something that you felt so strongly about downtown Milwaukee. It runs pretty deep and it has run pretty long. I mean, I remember, I tell the story, I remember seriously when I was 16 years old taking the number 10 bus down Wisconsin Avenue to go see a Boston Fog Hat Journey show at Mecca and getting off the bus and thinking, why is our downtown so like dead and gray and quiet? And little did I know how many decades later I would be able to be in this role where I get to work with teams of people who are doing nothing but uh, to really focus on making our downtown the absolute best place it can be. So I think there was something there. I think, you know, I always think we're fortunate if you discover 
what your passion is early in life because I remember my grandparents always telling me, like, pursue your passion, whatever that is. Pursue it and everything else will come in alignment. So I thought I was going to be a school teacher, um, but here I am, you yeah. know, how many decades later working for a fabulous organization in a downtown that is literally blossoming and blooming, which is yeah. appropriate given the time of year that we're in right now. I feel very <laughs> lucky. I, I moved here almost three years ago now. We're coming up on three years. And just in that time, it seems like things have exploded here. I'm curious for you, is this some of the most exciting times that you've experienced here in downtown Milwaukee with everything that's happening? Oh, absolutely. I look back on times. What, so I've been working, I would say, in the downtown industry for well over three decades. So my perspective from working in the Department of City Development, uh, working for the senator who represented the downtown area, working for another smaller organization called the West Town Association, and then working with Milwaukee Downtown, the bid, now for over 21 years. The evolution has been astounding. Yeah. And I can remember if there was one development that was happening, we would just hang our hat on that <laughs> and we would talk about that development for 12 months. And now our internal team laughs because we track investment in downtown Milwaukee uh, with an investment guide. Um, and we can't, the second we go to print on it, and thank God for, for digital, right? Yeah. Because it's outdated and what a lovely problem to have. Absolutely. I mean, just since 2010, uh, you know, $3.9 billion worth of investment wow. in downtown Milwaukee. And it just keeps coming and coming and coming. Office buildings, uh, restaurants, uh, hotels, apartments, condominiums. But you see it growing. You see all of our indicators are up. Uh, when you think we have over 84,000 people who work in downtown Milwaukee, we have over 32,000 people who live here. Um, I think another phenomenal indicator for me is I used to sort of joke with my friends that, you know, sometimes I felt like the who's in Whosville, and I'm sorry <laughs> for those who have to hear this from me again, you know, it's like, you're here, we are here, yeah, we are here, us. right? <laughs> come and see us, it's all so wonderful. <laughs> you know, and people think, oh, you're such a Pollyanna, you know. But now I feel like I have to compete with people about how much I love this city because they think they love it more than I do. And <laughs> that's just ridiculous. But yeah. what it, it's lovely when you see people wearing the 414 shirts yeah. and the Milwaukee Home shirts and uh, just the love that has evolved in our community and how Milwaukeeans have embraced this community, I think, has really been astronomical in terms of just from zero to Mach 5. Yeah. I, I know from, from my wife and I, we love living downtown. That's kind of what she grew up from. I was a suburb guy growing up and now can't imagine not being somewhere where you can walk to so many different options around town, whether it's restaurants, whether it's entertainment. That is a shift though for the city, right? Because it, it wasn't uh, necessarily a place where people wanted to live in this area until a lot of this happened. So so uh, either what came first, maybe a chicken and the egg type thing, what were some of the, the elements that you saw earlier on that have now led to this? Well, I remember when I was working in the Department of City Development, uh, Ricardo Diaz was the then commissioner, and Barry Mandel, Barry Mandel decided he was going to start building condominiums in downtown Milwaukee. And I can remember, with all due respect, talk radio, 
saying he was crazy, he was cuckoo, <laughs> who in the world would ever want to live downtown. Now, don't get me wrong, there was all, there were already apartments that yeah. were down here and people who had lived here for a really, really long time. And they would be the first to say that they were the pioneers, and I understand that. But Barry really took residential investment and residential development to the next level. And I can remember my sister, sister city, uh, downtown management districts being so envious because we had a Barry Mandel in Milwaukee who believed so much in our in our downtown that he was investing in residential development and I always said he was our guardian angel because he took the product of downtown Milwaukee and he sold it to people who wanted to live here and work here and for us that was a new beginning for Milwaukee yeah. because all of a sudden there was this cachet with living in these beautiful brand new developments in downtown Milwaukee. I look at Gary Grunow and his, you know, how he championed the Riverwalk development, my, my late husband Joe Weirich, you know, all of these individuals who really believed in what I think is beautiful, the water, mm -hmm. the gift of, of fresh water, our beautiful lakefront, our rivers running through our neighborhoods in downtown Milwaukee. And then you look at the built environment, these old, beautiful, historic buildings. Thank goodness for people who believed in historic preservation. And now we're seeing these buildings that are being... Uh, they're, they're under construction, adaptive reuse. We're seeing them being converted into living spaces, hotels, mixed-use buildings, and there's just so much character and history and depth to our city. People are amazed when they walk into some of these old buildings and they see the beautiful brand new construction. So I think a lot of visionaries. I mean, obviously I could go on and on. <laughs> and there are so many um, benchmarks for me along the way. I mean, I look at, you know, early 1980 with the shops of Grand Avenue mm. and everybody thought that was the panacea. That was it. That was the new thing, right? That's interesting because I was going to ask you about this later. Maybe we'll just get to that right now because that area is going through another redevelopment now as the shops of Grand Ave kind of find their new role, find what will be kind of their their focus point going forward with the food court, switching into some residential and office space as well. What what do you think needs to happen in that area for that to be a successful endeavor for the city and for that to be a new kind of hub or location? I think it's happening. Yeah. I think it's unfolding. I really do believe that. Uh, you probably have heard that we're relocating yeah. our offices from east of the river back to West Wisconsin Avenue, and that's where Milwaukee Downtown Bid 21 was really birthed, yeah. if you will. That was our first office location. I literally... the. I laugh about it, but my office is now in the lower level of the avenue and is a storage closet. <laughs> but I started there with the operating plan and a pencil, and yep. you know the board believed in me, and they gave me an opportunity to uh, serve as their as their nonprofit leader with Bid Twenty One, and the evolution has been amazing. We've been here east of the river, which we love for over fifteen years, but now we're headed back west of the river, and I think the evolution that we're seeing there is. People aren't afraid to start over again. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just saying Grand Avenue served its purpose. It was wonderful. There was a time and a place for urban shopping centers. And the evolution of retail has changed dramatically. And I love what Hempel Group is doing with the avenue, with the redo of the avenue. I just look at that whole, I call it a campus area. Yeah. 
because when you think about it, you have the shops of Grand Avenue, you have the new ownership at Chase Plaza, so think about it, all connected, vis-a-vis yep. -vis the Riverwalk, Boston store, gone, but now we have Hub 640 there. Across the street, we have 310W, new ownership of that building as well. Hmm. We've got the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra under construction. The city is going to be moving forward with redesigning the way traffic moves and the way we connect Wisconsin Avenue to the area where the Pfizer Forum is. Okay. So we're going to see some strengthened pedestrian connections that are going to occur there. We're going to see an expansion of the streetcar. Yeah. We're already seeing expansion of bubbler bikes. I mean, we are an extremely walkable downtown. West Wisconsin Avenue is evolving so quickly. We're seeing former office buildings, the Buckler, which is on 4th and Michigan, which is now converted into apartments. It's it's a lovely, lovely neighborhood. I look over there and Zeidler Union Square, you know, 4th and Michigan, which is where West Town Association hosts it's farmer's market yeah. every Wednesday, you know, during our lovely sp <laughs> late spring, summer into fall months. And it is really a phenomenal community. And for me, when I worked at the West Town Association, I would always say, I say it was before Drew Carey ever said Cleveland <laughs> rocked, that West Town rocked. Nice. And um, so for me, when you talk about the difference I've seen in the last two decades, yeah. it has been so stark of a change from what we had. It was forlorn, Lorn, and it was and it was quiet. And I know people say this all the time, but you could roll a bowling ball down Wisconsin Avenue after <laughs> five o'clock because you wouldn't roll anybody over. You would harm harm no one because there wasn't anybody there to yeah. harm. Uh, it was just like shut her up, we're going home for the day and we're out of here. But now it's it's heavily concentrated in terms of residential, in terms of hotel developments. And I really do believe the investment in that campus that I spoke about earlier is really turning around that neighborhood. But it's also creating this sense of community. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think people are just absolutely pleased with the discussions around finally completing the convention center. Yeah. You know, I, it was over two decades ago, we built that convention center and we built phase one and we never built the next phase. <laughs> and our city is poised to begin to host yeah. larger conventions and to be able to roll out the red carpet with our strong nighttime economy, with arts, with culture, with our pedestrian activation. I think we are just poised for greatness. Yeah. There's, the DNC. There's certainly a big convention coming <laughs> next summer. I was going to say, this is a very good segue. Right. You should be doing this. Not, uh, not, <laughs> How big a get is that for the city? To, whatever you believe politically, but to have a major political convention coming to the city. And then from here on out, I, I imagine there's a lot of work that needs to get done to, to get to that point as well for next summer. Oh, I credit Alex Lazary and our mayor, and those who, and Martha Love, who worked behind the scenes to A, even get on the radar screen yeah. for consideration. And you're up against Miami and Houston. Those are yes. two of the biggest cities. But even to get to that point, yeah. to be shortlisted where our city is shortlisted with Miami and Houston. And I remember some people saying like, well, the fact that we're even shortlisted <laughs> is good, even if we don't get it. And I yeah. was like, oh, no, no, no. We, have, we are in, in this race. too deep. Yeah. We, we got to go for broke here. Yeah. So I think it's phenomenal. And all politics aside, 
It will put Milwaukee on the map. We have been holding conversations with our sister cities who have hosted the DNC and RNC in 2016 and 2012. And the one consistent thing I hear from them is, it is a phenomenal opportunity for the rest of the world to immerse themselves in your city hmm. and really see what you're made of. Yeah. You know, these are not fake storefront facades we're gonna be putting up. We are loaded with hundreds of fabulous locally owned restaurants. We are so rich in the performing arts. Yeah. We have phenomenal, phenomenal deep history and rich cultural neighborhoods. Yeah. We have a fabulous grid system. We have beautiful history, historic buildings. The river runs through us. We've got great hospitality. We have so much to share. We are eclectic. Um, we are so rich in our community with our culture and the diversity that we have. And I think we are really going to have an opportunity to just be a showpiece yeah. as a city, as a community to come together. And not just downtown, our surrounding neighborhoods. Yeah. I'm not even so worried about the money. I think, again, it sort of goes back to what I say. It's like, let's just be really good at what we're good at. Yeah. Let's be passionate about showcasing our city and all of the beauty we have to share with the rest of the world. And the rest is gonna follow. follow yes, yeah. we have to work hard. Yes, we have to provide great service. Yes, our work ethic is gonna shine through. But I think that's what comes naturally for Milwaukeeans. Yeah. You know, we're so humble, God forbid, that we <laughs> boast about right. ourselves, right? Is it well, strange I think being so day. humble to have such a glittering arena and everything now in the city? Well, it's like, right, you know, stepping up in the world. A bit. I know, look <laughs> at that arena. And look at our Milwaukee box. Yeah. You know, there's something to be said. Again, I think it ties back with the work ethic, the commitment, the drive, the passion, the desire to succeed. You know, we're all digging deep. And it sure does help to have the Milwaukee Bucks right. in the forefront, right? <laughs> absolutely. Yes, and hats off to the Brewers, yeah, too. I mean, absolutely. they really launched us the end of last year into the playoff season. And we were just bursting at the seams with pride for, for, for that team as well. Yeah. There's so much to offer in the city. You mentioned how rich a city it is. I've certainly noticed that just because of kind of where my interests lie. But it's a medium-sized city. It's a really accessible city. But you have quality entertainment, both in concerts or theater, whatever your interests are, that's on par with plenty of bigger places. The restaurant scene I love here because there is diversity now in terms of the food you can get at such a better price point than if you go to Chicago or if you go to New York or LA or something like that. So I, I've loved that about the city, that there is so much to offer in terms of whatever you want to do on a night out downtown without having some of the, the hassle of a bigger city. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not. I do. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I am not a Chicago hater. I love Chicago. I love that I can hop on that Amtrak right. train and be in Chicago in 90 minutes. I love that. Hassle-free, enjoying company with my friends yep. or getting some work done and you know, great restaurants there, phenomenal, so enjoyable. I love thinking about us as a metropolis. I love the idea of Madison, Milwaukee, Chicago, and we should all embrace that and celebrate that. The world is getting smaller and we're fortunate to have one another. Now, of course, I'm a little biased towards Milwaukee. You know, I love some of the shows I've seen in the last year at the Chicago Theater, Hamilton and recently Van Morrison, Tedeschi Trucks. But I'll tell you what, what Gary Witt has done with the Riverside and with Turner Hall and the Pabst Theater and how he has enlivened our city
with life and depth and breath and live music and something for everybody, I find it utterly amazing. He has a phenomenal reputation. His team puts on phenomenal experiences for these internationally recognized artists that love coming to Milwaukee because of the great red carpet sure. uh, experience they have because of Gary Witt and his team. But then also, look how we as Milwaukeeans get to benefit. Yeah. And that Paps Theater, with all due respect, it was beautiful. It was quiet. I remember it was such a rarity you know, when that place was booked with any kind hmm. of entertainment. So, you know, again, you talk about the differential of 20 years ago versus now. Yeah. Our live music scene is amazing. The restaurant scene, Joe Bartolotta, may he rest in peace. I was going to mention that. I think it is kind of fitting. I don't know when this will post, but we're taping this right after the weekend where his funeral took place. And he and what his brother have done for the city is immeasurable. I think it is immeasurable. I love that there are so many Bartolotta alums yeah. hold such admiration and respect for Joe Bartolotta yeah. in their hearts, you know, and in that soul and spirit that they have in their passion in providing a fabulous, lovely culinary experience the fabulous service, the attention to detail and creating environments that are so memorable yeah. that, you know, it's more than just putting food in your stomach. It's really feeding your soul. And again, I think Joe Bartolotta and how he elevated that entire culinary experience overall has been so inspirational to so many people. Who would think that our city would be full of so many foodies yeah. and full of so many locally owned restaurants. You know, I vacillate back and forth because when we look at market research, we say we've got room in this market <laughs> for more regional and national restaurants. And I think, hmm, do we need them? Right. We <laughs> do so well, well locally, yeah. don't we? But, you know, I guess dynamic laws of prosperity, always room for more, sure. right? But <laughs> yes, again, God bless Joe Bartolotta. Yeah. And then we've got other fabulous locally owned restaurateurs who just provide such a great experience. But across the board, just the enormous options we have as it relates to food. Yeah. I mean, there's every kind of food under the sun you could imagine. Probably going to make this very hard for you going forward, but uh, because you are so it. knowledgeable about all these places, I'm going to make you give us some choices. So let's start with food since we were just on the topic. <sighs> if there's a special night out, you're going out either with family or friends to, to really celebrate, you want a just fantastic meal, where are you going back? Oh, gosh. You are not a nice <laughs> person, Carl. I would say, and I do have a short list. Yeah. Um, you know, I you love... You have a few options. I love Capitol Grill. Yeah. I love a Melinda. Um, I really enjoy Mason Street Grill, and yep. I love Buckley's. So I would say, and I know I'm probably forgetting others, because if I want Italian, there's their Letties and their Calderoni Club. I mean, I, I seriously love elastic. It is my friend, <laughs> because <laughs> I can eat at all of these places yeah. and not worry about having to zip that skirt up. But <laughs> no, I mean, you put me in a, t in a tough spot. But yeah. you, anybody could say to me, I want Middle Eastern, or I want Italian, or I want just a good place to grab breakfast. Yeah. And I can, just like, like that, that, I mean, 
Cafe at the Fister. Yeah. You know, people think it's funny. It's like, wait, we're gonna go meet at a hotel. <laughs> it's like great food, great soup, great service. Everybody go. knows my name. I love <laughs> it there. <laughs> How about for a night out? Uh, uh, drinks. You're going out with girlfriends. You're going out on the town. Where are you either starting? Oh the my night gosh, or ending there the night? are so many fun happy hours that we just. Oh goodness. I mean, East Town uh, Bar and Kitchen. I think is so much fun. Um, they've got great apps. They have great cocktails. I love Stella Van, Stella Van Buren. Yeah. I think it's really a great, fun place to go. So is rare. It's kind of fancy, <laughs> yeah. but it's a fun little happy hour. And, you know, in the summer, I love to go, gosh, I really go out to eat a lot, don't I? <laughs> I love Cubanitas because I love Marta's mojitos, yep. and I love the the chips and I love the guacamole, you know, those <laughs> plantains. So, gosh. It's a perfect I just, gig because you can say you're working, you're doing research right, and making I'm sure that you're Right, I'm doing research. That's what <laughs> it is. I'm doing research. Up. I mean, my God, we haven't even talked about barbecue, right? Yeah. Because, like, docks is amazing. Yep. I, I crave docks. There's something <laughs> about the barbecue sauce yeah. that is amazing. Yeah, so. How about you mention some of the venues? Uh, let's go for, for a concert. What's one of your favorite venues to see a concert in, either oh, big or small? Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I really, I love the Riverside yeah. Theater, and I love the Paps Theater, you know? So, I mean, I've seen so many shows there, Allman Brothers, Tedeschi Trucks. Oh, my gosh. I just, the list goes on and on. I just, I think it's, I think we're so blessed to have these venues. And, you know, Turner Hall, I love that ballroom as a venue. <laughs> it's a cool spot. I really love it. It's got a very different it. feel than a lot of the other venues in town, but it's yeah. intimate. And yeah, it's you can neat. get like a, what is it, a $3 yeah. tall boy, a PBR, and pull up at a little bistro table and enjoy enjoy the show. Uh, yeah. How about Summerfest? Any favorite memories from Summerfest, like best band you saw? I'm going to say best... The Stones. All right. For sure. For sure, The Stones. But, you know, we've seen The Boss there. Um, I, I, But I, it has to be The Stones. <laughs> it really has to be The Stones for me. Memorable in so many ways. Yeah, in so many ways. I think it was one of the best concerts I ever saw in my entire life. And again, The Rolling Stones come to Milwaukee. That's I know. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> That's great. How does that happen? Yeah. How about of the shows that have come through? Any uh, theater shows or performances that you've seen in that aspect? Because there's a well, lot to choose from Rent, there as well. I think is phenomenal. Yeah. I really enjoy. Um, I think we're just so fortunate that we've got that we are so elevated that we get the caliber of Broadway shows here that we get here. Um, this is before Hamilton's coming. This oh fall, my gosh! <laughs> I know, and it's very clear. Nobody can get a heads up yeah. on the tickets for Hamilton. I can tell you that. It's like when they go on sale, get ready you're unless to pull you're in a like subscriber. All of your cards right. Well, you, you know, people will be like, oh, do you have connections for Hamilton? It's like, mm, nope, can't help you. <laughs> right, right. But no, I think it's phenomenal. I, um, I'm trying to think, um, you know, I, I feel like I've seen a handful of Broadway productions here just in the last year, but. You know, Rent really stands out. And I know there was another one. It'll come to me. All right. It'll come to me. So ma so many, you know. It's a good problem I again. Think, I, I feel like we're just so spoiled yeah. because, and it's so accessible. It's like, take a $6 Uber ride and, you know, go grab dinner at the Rumpus Room and then run across the street to the yes. Marcus Center. And we are just absolutely spoiled. And there's 
something for yeah. everyone. You just described most of our date nights when my wife and I first moved See, here. <laughs> was yeah. That. How much do you enjoy just having this is your profession, but other things to turn to to kind of complete that that full life? I know yeah. that's kind of a big picture. No, question, I but. think it's uh, I think it's a a great question yeah. because I am. I am, and I hope my internal team would say this too, <laughs> that I'm, a, I'm really a big believer. Life's experiences remind us that every moment is a breath, right? Yeah. And that grab all the gusto you can get. And I, I start each day with enormous gratitude for all the blessings I have for my community, for my team, for my family, you know, for the place that I get to hold in this world and how I feel like being able to be part of positive change is so critical. And I think it always starts in your own home, in your own backyard, in your neighborhood. So, you know, linking that, my kids grew up calling downtown my kingdom. So please don't think me elitist. But in their mind, it was like, you know, they they saw their mother as this person who took ownership of this of this community and was very protective and, you know, always thinking about what we're going to do to make our corner of the world a better place. But I think anything that we do, any person that we touch, my children have enriched me with their perspective. My beautiful stepchildren, my four grandchildren. You know, I was just joking last week with my stepdaughter, Marianne. She she has a son. Joseph Thomas, and then I, and she also helps with um, the nieces and nephews. So Margaret, George, and Henry, and it was Marianne and all four of those kids at Discovery World. And she was like, Nana Beth, we just spent the afternoon at Discovery World. So <laughs> it's like, well, we're going to have to have a download and a focus group yeah. and talk about how that went for you. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's the things the kids love, just even going for a ride on the hop. My, I had my nieces. Yeah. I live downtown, you know, and, you know, what do they want to do? They want to go to the safe house. They want to go to the hop. They want to walk around. They want to shop in the third ward. So I love that, you know, the way I can touch my family yeah. with my love and my passion and the perspective that they give back to me. And I think just the reminder of, again, life is but a breath. It is so precious and so special and you know i'm always reminded of you know those who don't have the opportunities that we have and those who have less than we have and those who have misfortune or were dealt a different hand in life i hope we can always remember to be thoughtful and mindful of that in everything that we do each day and how we can positively impact others and not just making our own little circle better, but the rest of the world around us a little bit better. I wasn't sure I was going to ask you this, but I think it's kind of leading that way. And you did mention your late husband died a, a couple years ago, Joe Wirick, a very influential person for the city as well. I'm struck by, I think people that have gone through sad times, in this case uh, an early death, are some of the people that end up being the most positive for it. It can kind of go two different ways. And you are obviously yeah. still very much an optimist, very much a believer in, in life and this. Why do you think that is the case for you? You've gone through something that, that might be really damaging for, for a lot of people, and I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of sorrow. But there's still just a, an enjoyment of life. <laughs> it's interesting because... I think we're all sort of born with a disposition, right? Yeah. And I feel blessed because innately I feel like I can focus on the positive. When you have such a significant loss, 
of somebody so meaningful in your life, it's very hard to stay afloat. But I think, you know, faith and resiliency and love yeah. and gratitude. Yeah, and there's so much to be thankful for as well. Yes, yeah. and, I, you know, there's a moment that you kind of get on the other side of the dark hole where you then begin to say, I can now have gratitude for Joe was in my life. Where, you know, even five months ago, to, to have a conversation like this, I probably wouldn't be able to breathe. Yeah. So you get on that side where you think, I had him in my life. I had that love and that relationship and that shoulder and those, you know, the wind beneath my wings. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be cl cliche, because <laughs> I can hear him saying like, oh, sweetie, <laughs> that's a little mushy. But, you know, yeah. I was blessed to have yeah. him in my life. And the joy that he brought me was so immense. And the fact that I can step back and put that in perspective of, some people never have, have that, that love or that sure. joy. Yeah, let's and finish. He'll live uh, on. He'll live on. His legacy lives on in many doing ways. That in, in many yeah. ways throughout the city, many ways in your life as well. Yeah. Uh, I'll kind of finish up here as, as we're getting close on time. Just um, we started with how far Milwaukee has come in in your twenty plus years being in charge of Milwaukee downtown, and then much more just being involved in the city. What are some some things you're looking for maybe down the road, next few months, next few years that that you think will show the progress or you hope will happen here in the city to continue this growth and continue uh, building off of all that's happening? Well, what I really see is I want to continue to do what I can to inspire others uh, so that Milwaukee is, in fact, a magnet and that we're sticky, yeah. if you will, that we are the place where corporations want to be, that we are the place that is a fabulous nurturing, rich environment for entrepreneurs to decide to start and grow their business. You know, it's something like 85% of new jobs are started mm. by uh, new businesses, by entrepreneurs. And we've got to do what we can to, to make that ground fertile here, but also to really be focused on what it is we can do to create an environment where people want to live and work and play, but also how can we be more competitive yeah. in you know, the attracting the talent sure. and the workforce. But also, I look at the youth of our community. What can we do that is new, that is innovative, that we can capture their, their curiosity, their spirit, their energy, and help put them on a good pathway so they can build careers and they can build a future? Because they're our future, right? Yeah. So that's what I look forward to. I look forward to my grandchildren and their friends and the peers and the kids in this community owning and embracing this city and making it so much better than we could ever have imagined it. Inheriting the kingdom from Mary yes, Beth. inheriting the kingdom. I'm a big <laughs> believer in succession planning. <laughs> Beth, thank you so much. It's been a, a real treat. <laughs> thank you, Carl. It's always fun.
Up next, we end every episode with the Fox Six Pack of Questions, a chance for uh, you, the listeners, to get to know the faces that you see every day here on Fox Six, maybe a little better by asking them totally random questions that have nothing to do with work. And our guest this week <laughs> is none other than our weather expert, Stephanie Barakello. Thank you for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me, Carl. We were chatting before we uh, got started here. You said you started here 2014, but a very particular day, Halloween of yes. 2014, and you told me there's a heck of a story about what all was happening uh, hey. when you first got to Fox. Well, it was a heck of a week to say that. Um, Let's see. I got married on a Saturday and then took a quick two-day trip to Michigan, then drove back to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is where I was working before I came here, packed up my apartment, drove to Minnesota the next day, packed up my husband's apartment. He was in Rochester, Minnesota, then moved to Milwaukee that night and the next morning I started work here at Fox Six. I think you're supposed to space that out a yes, little bit more. Yes, normally Two a normal moves, person not even would. One. Oh my yeah. gosh! All right, well, hopefully the things have gone pretty smooth for you they since have. then. I think so. They have. Uh, all right, so the first question on here, besides the job, and obviously you love working uh, in this market, a place where weather fluctuates all the time, oh, and a course. great team. What besides the job drew you to Milwaukee in the first place? You know what? I I have been to Milwaukee many times. I, when I was in high school, I was a competitive volleyball player and I had a ton of tournaments up here when I was younger. And it's funny thinking about how many times I've been in this city and the surrounding area and the fact that I'm here now. Um, but I'm two hours from my family my family's in, um, Northern Illinois. So that was a huge draw coming from South Dakota because that was, yeah. you know, an eight-hour drive. Bit more of a <laughs> but also, um, I didn't know it at the time. But just everything that's going on in this in this city, and being by a lake again, um, being from the Chicagoland area, it's nice <laughs> to be by a big lake again. But um, there, you know, there's just a hustle and bustle about this city. But it's not necessarily a huge city. Um, and there's just always something to do. Certainly a place, uh, it's rare where two people who work in TV can find jobs in the same market too. And you and your husband have been lucky enough to do that. Yes. Uh, you like, I have a young baby at home, so maybe this question will, uh, will have changed over the last few months or so, but outside of work and home with your adorable daughter, where are we most likely to find you out and about around the Milwaukee area? Gosh, good question. Um, before baby, you probably would find me... Maybe at a beer garden. Yeah, there you go. Uh, which, I mean, that still happens right. now. Every once <laughs> Let's in a be while. Honest, it's not, Wisconsin. Not as often. Um, or at a festival. Now, I'm just walk, walking around the block. You know, I love, I love being in a downtown area. Um, I don't make it to Milwaukee too often, but surrounding cities, whether it be Shorewood or Whitefish Bay, my favorite thing to do is just put Leah in her stroller, mm-hmm. go grab some coffee, and just stroll just walk around so that's probably where you'd find me now you guys have made it to an impressive amount of brewers games with your baby too i'll say that as well uh what and where was the last great meal you had around the area oh my gosh Oh, you know, we don't go out that often anymore. <laughs> we keep interviewing new parents on this podcast know, in the first few episodes. I know. Okay, let me think. You know, it's been, okay, I already said it's been a while, but we had some great pasta um, from the pasta tree. And then if I can just shout out to my hubby, he yeah. made a great, a great dinner there a few you weeks go. ago. Carbonara. Right. Any of you guys Ooh. like Carbonara. My Fancy. Fave. All right. So, there you so go. that's the, the key to your heart. There you yeah. go. Uh, if we were casting a movie of Stephanie's life. Oh, boy. 
debuting at a Marcus Theater <laughs> near you. Uh, who would play you? What actress would you want playing you oh, in a movie? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Are you kidding? Um, can it just be an actress I like? Yeah, there you go. Favorite actress that you'd be um, honored to take on the role. Maybe, maybe like Jennifer Lawrence. There you go. All right. I mean, she Oscar doesn't look Award anything winner. like yeah. me, but she's funny. And Very talented. Hopefully, I'm funny. There, so. I, I would say so. Let's go. Let's go with that. <laughs> J Law. I like it. <laughs> uh, what is a talent? You mentioned volleyball, so maybe if there's another one here, uh, a talent or skill that we should know about that we may don't get to see during your your forecasts. Um, I love to decorate. Mm. I don't know if that's necessarily a skill. Or an obsession. <laughs> a, an obsession. That's probably more like it. And I love to bake and cook. I'm I'm lucky enough to have a lot of family recipes. Mm. So I think most of the stuff I bake and cook tastes good because of that, um, because of how great the recipes are. Um, so maybe that could be. All right. You know, Give I, us a sense of how good a volleyball player you were. Were you like pretty <laughs> darn talented? Um, I mean, I'd like to think so. <laughs> I played for I played for a very long time. I really enjoyed it, and I can honestly say it's still my second passion. Yeah. I did not play in college. Um, kind of regret it a little bit. I played intramurals, yeah. but um, I had the opportunity um, at a few schools and decided that schooling education was way more important going into meteorology. Yeah. So, but yeah, I played since I was in. Eighth grade, my high school volleyball team. I, I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't play too much on my high school volleyball team because there were a lot of talented players, but we did win the state championship nice. uh, in Northern Illinois. So that was big, but that's awesome. Yeah. I think I knew some of that, but not the full extent of it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see what else we have here. The last question for you. You've made it through for the most part. What is the most random job you've ever had? Oh. Uh. Random and favorite job. <laughs> okay, Carl. even better. I love talking about this. For years. So in addition to volleyball, I played a lot of sports. I yeah. played softball for years just for this, you know, simple little club, basically. Um, and when I got old enough, I was a grounds crew, one of the grounds crew members for this league, for this nice. softball league. So for at least three, four years, I basically got paid to be in the sun and prepare the softball fields. I got to drive a four-wheeler and make sure all the fields were fully uh, put together and draw the lines with the chalk and the spray paint in the grass and the outfield. Hands down, best job for someone in high school. Knowing the, the little best. that I do about grounds creeping, getting an interview like the Miller Park grounds creeper yeah. and stuff, uh, meteorology makes sense as, a, as an avenue and a career for you after that. Absolutely. They, they certainly go hand in hand, keeping those fields in tip-top shape. Yeah. Very nice. That is Stephanie Barakelli. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. That'll do it for another episode of Definitely Milwaukee. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks again to Beth Weirich. Always great to catch up with her and talk about our wonderful city. A big thank you to Stephanie Barrichello as well. I'm learning so much about all my friends here at Fox 6. I hope you guys are enjoying those segments also. And a huge thank you to Leanne Watson doing all the hard work behind the scenes to make this podcast sound so great and make it possible. If you want more Definitely Milwaukee, please make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service. It really helps uh, with those subscriptions. Also, if you can leave us a rating and a review. And if there are people that you want to hear from around the Milwaukee area, people that you think would make interesting guests and good conversations, feel free to send those our way, too, and we'll try to make them happen. And a reminder, you can download the latest episodes of all of our podcasts here at Fox 6 on our website, fox6now.com.
Tribune Audio Network.